You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Morning Breath. We're so glad to have you join us on this Drive Time Devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. My name is Christian. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm super honored to be sitting in for Pastor Dan. I have a special guest in the studio with me today, Isaac Everts. How you doing, Isaac? Great. How are you, Pastor Christian? Doing great. It's awesome to get into do the Morning Breath with you. We've done it a couple times in the past, and it's always super fun to, to get into the Word. This is a little bit different format for East Coast because our preaching style on the weekend is typically going to be like you know, topical where we're going to go through a series and look at different things in the Bible, but it's really fun to go through line by line and verse by verse for a chapter and kind of unpack it. And for those of you who are new and just joining us, the, the idea is that we take a chapter of the Bible, we read it the night before, we come into the studios at our East Coast location, and we read the chapter again that morning, and then we just kind of go through it and see what God jumps off the page. And this is going to be a fun one, being Hebrews 7. This is um, a lot of Mikelzadek, Mikelzadek, and so we're going to get to say that a lot during this chapter and see how many times we say it right and how many times we say it like, oh, oh for I sure. did it wrong. The how amount, many, how oh, many times did you practice this morning? I probably just said it over and over. I yeah. will for sure get it wrong, but it's okay. I know, and it's okay. It's funny. When Anne-Marie, my wife, and I first started like talking to each other. It was funny as we were like talking about the Bible and she was like, oh, you know about Melchizedek? That's so cool. Like it's one of our like little dating things. It was probably like the second date we went on and it was like, it was like a Christian flex. It's like, I know, I know who that is and I can say it right. And so that's a fun little memory for us. So this is exciting. Why don't you tell people how they can get involved? Yeah, for sure. Um, Download our East Coast app on the App Store, if you have an iPhone or Google Play, Android, it's available on both. Just search East Coast app or go on our website, eccc.us. I think I got the right number of C's in there. Uh, on the app and on our website, you can find all of the info, events, past sermons, morning breath episodes, and so much more. Um, we can't announce everything on the radio or on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday services. So you got to check out our app and make sure you're plugged in there. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at East Coast Christian Center. Or if you're old school, that's perfectly okay as well. You can call our offices at 321-452-1060, and we can email you or physically mail you with anything that you need. That's awesome. Yeah, we'd love for you guys to stay connected and let this become a part of your lifestyle. It's just reading the Bible daily. It's transformed my life. I love doing the streaks on the Bible app, and it's cool to just see it build year over year and just years of consistently getting in the Bible and having like a pattern like this and like a real schedule to do is fun, especially because it's it's more fun to go through the Bible with somebody and you get to hear different thoughts. And so we encourage you guys to be a part of that. We have a couple of announcements as we do have new ECCU classes that are starting this Thursday. That's East Coast University. And I'm one of the alumni. I, I went through the, the university. I'm one of the instructors now, and I know that you've done some classes there. It's a great yeah, experience. Oh, I love ECCU. I'm, I'm working towards my bachelor's right now. That's awesome. So I'm cranking through that. I'm excited for this class this yeah. Thursday coming up. Yeah, it is really cool. We've got some good ones coming. There's always new information. So the best thing to do, of course, is go to our website. You can get that information on there. The university has a website, eccuequipped.com, or you can go to our East Coast site and get that information. We also have Marriage Night coming up. That's next month on May 7th, and this is a really 
really special event. We're glad to be doing something big like this again as a group just because we haven't done conferences and things like that for the last year. That's a lot true. of that because of COVID. And so it's really exciting to do this. And the don't be scared by the price. It's $40 for a couple, but that's going to include t-shirts. That's going to include a fun night of entertainment. We even have childcare available, which it's $10 per family for a whole evening of childcare, which that's crazy. You know, you can't find childcare for $10 an hour, you know, for one kid. And so that's an amazing deal. We would love to have you guys be a part of it. So of course, go to the website, you get to find out more information. Nick, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Nice. I was checking to see if he was paying attention. <laughs> this is going to be Nick's first time going to the marriage conference because wow. he got married. Congratulations. That's awesome, dude. How's the married life? <laughs> it's it's great. That's cool. He's got to yeah. say that. That's like the standard answer, whether <laughs> yeah, it's true I or not. But she's gonna she's gonna be she'll be listening. My ear, so. Yeah, someone's gonna text do, her. Do you and Caitlin talk about Melchizedek, like yeah. Pastor Christian Amory? It's like no, your early dating we flex. Might have to. You might do it, bro. Yeah. That's like a yeah. early flex. You need yeah. to have your own little Christian Bible yeah. study flex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. Well, I'll I'll talk to Caitlin about it. Work on it. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good, bro. All right, so we're going to get into this. We are in Hebrews 7, and I'm going to read out of the message translation. What are you going to be reading? I'm going to do NLT. That's cool. I like NLT. I read that a couple yeah. of times. I was leaning towards there, but I figured you would. Yeah. So I thought it'd be neat to mix it up. I, I thought about NIV and message, but I think I'm going to keep yep. NLT. That is my favorite overall. Yeah, that's my go-to also. So on this, we've got 28 verses, I believe. I'm okay. looking at message to see. Yep, 28 verses. So we'll divide that down the middle. So I'm going to have you do the first 14. I'll take it from 15 on. Sounds great. All right. I must say unto you, read, sir. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God Most High. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now the law of Moses required that the priests, who are descendants of Levi, must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel, who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the ones who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi was not born yet, the seed from which he came in Abraham's body was Melchizedek, collected the tithe from him. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe 
whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah, and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. Verse 15, but the Melchizedek story provides a perfect analogy. Jesus, a priest like Melchizedek, not by genealogical descent, but by the sheer force of resurrection life, he lives, priest forever in the royal order of Melchizedek. The former way of doing things, a system of commandments that never worked out the way it was supposed to, was set aside. The law brought nothing to maturity. Another way, Jesus, a way that does work, that brings us right into the presence of God, is put in its place. The old priesthood of Aaron perpetuated itself automatically, father to son, without explicit confirmation by God. But then God intervened and called this new permanent priesthood into being with an added promise. God gave his word. He won't take it back. You're the permanent priest. This makes Jesus the guarantee of a far better way between us and God, one that really works, a new covenant. Earlier, there was a lot of priests, but they died and had to be replaced. But Jesus' priesthood is permanent. He's there from now to eternity to save everyone who comes to God through him, always on the job to speak up for them. So now we have a new priest who perfectly fits our needs, completely holy, uncompromised by sin, with authority extended as high as God's presence in heaven itself. Unlike the other high priest, he doesn't have to offer sacrifices for his own sins every day before he can get around to us and our sins. He's done it once and for all offered up himself as the sacrifice. The law appoints as high priest men who are never able to get the job done right. But this intervening command of God, which came later, appoints the Son, who is absolutely, eternally perfect. Amen. Cool. Wow. What a chapter. That's cool. It's incredible. Yeah, so let me just kick it off and say, like, Melchizedek is... There's a lot of cool history here, is if you look in the Bible, he only appears three times in Genesis and Psalms and then in Hebrews, but he gets an entire chapter dedicated to him. And when you look at this idea of like Jesus throughout the whole Bible, you can see the, it talks about the red thread is like the the evidence of Jesus in the Old Testament and Genesis and everywhere in between is he's like Melchizedek is a type and shadow of Jesus to come because it says that he has no mother and father to speak of. He was a, a king and a priest. He was Abraham, who's the father of promise, actually gave tribute to him. This is before the tithe was required in the law. Abraham still gave a 10% to him. Like this guy just shows up. And he's like, I honor and respect you so much. I'm going to give 10% to you just right out the gate. And so this is a very early account. And he's kind of a an interesting character, how he just drops into the Bible this way. And it's like, he's definitely a, a shape of things to come. And it's neat that way. What, what stood out to you in the chapter? I thought it was interesting how, like you said, he just kind of dropped in. There's yeah. no record of his ancestors yeah. and family. And it just shows that, you know, there's no record of his death either. Yeah. So, like you said, a type and shadow of Jesus, it's so cool to see the resemblance and just yep. how that pans out. Um, but I honestly think that it, just the thought of how the priests needed to sacrifice every single day, yeah. right? They had to do so much. Yep. The amount of effort and work and money and time to, to go into that, to making sacrifices yeah. every single day so that they, they could be right with God. But then, like it said in the in the last half of the chapter, 
Jesus did this once yeah. for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for yeah. people's sins. Come on. And I think that's just so powerful that we now don't have to do that. We don't have to make sacrifices every day. We don't have to take a lamb or an ox up to, you know. It, I know, it's, it's just, crazy. Even the doves, like yeah, it's a big deal, like exactly. taking these things and sacrificing Yeah, them. and so I just think it's cool. The thing that the Holy Spirit really, really put on my heart was we do less for more. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So we're doing less physical work. We don't have to do sacrifices, but we get more. We get more grace, more mercy because of Jesus who poured out his life. And so yeah. I think that's just a really cool thought. Living in the new covenant and studying this in the New Testament yeah. is we do less, but yet we get more. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Is I don't know if we really have an appreciation for that as a Christian. Like a modern day Christian in 2021, just to realize that the the cost and the effort of the old covenant and the kind of the law that you had to live under and every year for someone bringing a, a sacrifice to the temple and hoping that that would cover your sins like yeah. the idea of a scapegoat is you'd have a goat or something that would take the sins and try to cover you for the year but every year you'd be reminded that it doesn't do it it's like oh no my sins are still here I have to bring a sacrifice again yeah. but I love that idea of Jesus was the the final propitiation he was the final sacrifice that covered all of it. And it says that as it talks about this is the new covenant that we have, is that now he's been that perfect sacrifice. It says in verse 26, so now we have a high priest who perfectly fits our needs, completely holy, uncompromised by sin with authority extended as high as God's presence in heaven itself. And it points out that he doesn't have to make the sacrifice every single day. Like, that's a big deal, is that you're just reminded of your inadequacies that way, to where now we can walk in the new dispensation and this new covenant and this new commitment and promise from God that says, you're covered. You know, and that's that's a huge blessing is that we just kind of get gifted yeah. as Gentiles who are like grafted into the family of God, is you take it for granted, but I there's a a great saying that I've heard for years and years, it says, Christ is better, don't go back. And this is a reminder of Hebrews 7, is there's a lot of people who are tempted to go back to the old covenant, and they think, well, you know, God is good, Jesus is good, but I want to go back to the old messianic ways, and I'm not picking on you if you do that. I want to observe all of these old, you know, traditions, and I want to be able to do, you know, the same dietary restrictions, or I want to be able to honor all of the old celebrations, or all these different things, and they keep kind of going back back to the old ways. But you can see in Hebrews 7 over and over again, this idea of Christ is better. Like the law was only there to point out the inadequacies that we had is it made us realize you can't do this. No one could ever do it. Jesus was the only one that was ever able to fulfill the law. Every other person just showed up that you realized, hey, I suck at this. I'm Mm -hmm. not good. Sorry. (laughs) Is that I, I can't do this and I'm a failure. But you realize that Christ is the better solution, and why would we want to go back to that old way? Yeah, and I think it's cool because just the thought of Jesus rose again, right? He did not die. He he rose again. Yeah. And so with that, he lives forever, and his priesthood is established. Yep. So that way it never ends. It can never be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so cool because all of the priests before died. Yeah. And it wouldn't last. Like you said, it was a cycle of— yep of sacrifices and repentance and, and constant cycle of it. Yep. It never it never lasted. But it's so cool that Jesus rose again 
you know, we just celebrated Easter. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Thinking about Easter and just the celebration of that is that he's risen. Like yeah. that's the whole phrase of Easter. And that's the thing that early Christians would say is like, he is risen is that, you know, God is good. He's no longer in the grave. He's yeah. not on the cross. Yeah. Something you said really stood out to me. I think honestly, as Christians um, and people who aren't even Christians yet, yeah, we can overcomplicate the gospel. Yeah. And I think you know, reading this chapter, it seems confusing at first because yeah, the absolutely. first part is like saying Melchizedek 50 times yeah. and, you know, all the tongue twisters and understanding the yeah. priesthoods. And it can honestly get really confusing and complicated. And you're like, I have to understand everything. But the truth is you really don't have to understand yep. everything. You don't have to understand the perfect lineage of the priests and what everything meant in the Old Testament, the New Testament, how it all fits together is it's very simple. Like you said, Jesus is the answer. And I just have to keep reminding myself to not overcomplicate it. Yeah, that's a good word. Jesus made it so easy for yeah. us. He made it easy. We just have to believe in him and we will be saved. We will spend eternity in heaven. Yep. Boom, done, simple, because we're living in the New Testament. And I just love how Hebrews paints that picture of the old law. Like it said, I can't find the verse, but it said it never made anything perfect. Yeah, it didn't. The law did not make anything perfect. And Jesus knew that, and he came to fulfill it and to rise again. I just think that's so cool. I'm just all hype after celebrating Easter. Yeah, no, that is awesome. <laughs> and it's cool to realize that like, it's a very simple process, is that we had sin, we couldn't pay for it ourselves, and then Jesus paid for that. So when you boil it all down and break it down, like the writer of Hebrews is so eloquent in trying to like paint this whole story, because he's talking to a people group that understand all of this history, but really simplify it. Like there's no need to make things more complicated than they really are. I like this idea too of honoring Abraham. And so Abraham's the father of many nations. And here you've got this guy who just shows up. He's the the king of righteousness is what it talks about. He's from Salem, which means peace. And Abraham, after getting this victory over these other kings, there was kings that came to fight against him. He got it as he wanted to honor and he wanted to put God first. And and this is just a, a simple breakdown of kind of the tithe of putting God first in your life is that when you do that, don't think about the tithe is, hey, I have a hundred percent and I have to give God my 10%. It's more like a hundred percent of it is God's and you're honoring him with the first fruits. And then you are, you have the 90% left to be able to live on, but God's going to bless that 90% more than you could ever do with your own hundred percent. And I know you've personally experienced that in your life, but this was a great example of that is putting God first. Yeah. And I think it's cool um, how Abraham didn't think he was too good to do yeah. it. Right. Like, even though it says yeah. in verse four, even Abraham, the great patriarch of yeah. Israel, right? Head honcho, big man, right? Like he could have easily let his ego or, or whatever just yeah. take over and be like, I don't have to give 10% yep. to Melchizedek. That's that's crazy, right? But like you said, the honor was there and the honor for God was there that he never let himself think he was too big yeah. to still give tithes. And that's I think that's word. such a good picture of even if you're a CEO or even if you're a head of a major corporation yep. or you know, you're a, you're a big politician, whatever it is, you know, you still need to honor God. Putting I God think that's first, yeah. Huge of no matter how we get, how how high we get in life, you know, how far we make it yep. compared to world standards, 
that as long as we honor God, that's all that matters. Absolutely. That's why the Bible talks about the first will be last and the greatest the least. And that when you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Is that in the corporate world, you know, no Christianity involved in it, they understand that servant leadership is really the best way. That's a a newer concept in the last 15, 20 years, but all of the major corporations where it used to be that the boss was just, you know, you never questioned him and what they said just went. And now it's like, no, servant leadership is truly the way to be able to lead others. And that's what the greatest organizations are the ones that serve people first and put others first. And I know that it's a, it's a definite different way of living and it's a more blessed way. So as we look at this priesthood and as we get into Hebrews, I don't want to steal anything else from Hebrews altogether, but it's just painting this picture of that idea that I had said is Christ is better. Don't go back is when you feel drawn to get back into the old things. Like I, I love getting to study the old Testament and I had a lot of fun with this chapter, getting some, some better ideas. Like I listened to some theologians from the Yale school of, of Bible divinity and some different stuff. It's cool to understand it and really get a better idea of like the whole history. But I like what you said too, of just keep it simple. Like there's a term out there, kiss, like keep it simple, sweetheart, or even keep it simple, stupid is that when you really look at all of it, just look to see where's Jesus, where's his fingerprints and all this. What is God's big scheme in the whole picture? And that's where Hebrews is so good at wrapping this up is say, he's there throughout the whole thing. He wants to be involved in the entire process. And really it all boils down to wanting to have a relationship with you. Everything was done so that way we can have a relationship with the Father. That's what it all boils down to. Yeah, I really like that thought. I think you brought it up just a few seconds ago of you can see Christ throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, how you like seeing the whole picture. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably half that way. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, my head hurts. Yeah. There's so much going it's on with all the priesthoods and stuff. But I think it's so cool. Verse 10, for although Levi wasn't born yet, the yeah. seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe. That's cool. So before he was alive, yeah. God was still working he on this plan. He was already building it together. He was putting together a master plan. And it's just so cool how you see that before generations and before these huge um, influential people in the Bible were even alive, God's plan was already on the move. And I just think that's such a cool thought. And it yeah. helps me realize that you know, God has a plan for my life too, oh, even, that's bef- good. even before I was born. And I, I can like that. see that. And I don't have to question, oh, does God really have a plan? Yep. Because he proves it. Yeah. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, hundreds and thousands of times, it, it's just shown right here. Yeah, it's so cool. It says, the Bible says that he knew you in your mother's womb, even before you were formed. And that's, this is a great example is Aaron who became the, the priest and the first one. And, you know, looking from the tribe of Levi is that even before that, God had a master plan yeah. and he was putting those things into place. And that's a good reminder for you out there is if you're like, I have no idea what God's plan is for me. Well, go to the word and you're going to see in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans for hope and for a future, not for destruction or calamity. And you continue just to look at the word and you'll see really what God's plan is. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rest of the show. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, 
Coco and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right, welcome back. Hebrews 7 is, it's been a great chapter just looking at, you know, God's final plans and kind of his fingerprints all throughout the Bible. I think you had a thought on that. Why don't you share it, Isaac? Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing I'm honestly going to take away from this chapter and through this next week is just reminding myself to keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate the gospel and realize that Christ is the answer. And we live in in the new covenant, you know, live in the New Testament. I don't have to complicate it all of the law and the sacrifices and stuff, 
yeah. was in the Old Testament. That's amazing history. Yep. But for right now, in 2021 and on, we get to live in the new covenant, and Christ died for us. He already paid for our sins, yep. so I don't need to overcomplicate it. That's great. I love that. Is The verse says, for me, it says, he's done it once and for all, offered up himself as a sacrifice. And that's just a great reminder is it is finished. It's done. We know that from Easter that we just celebrated. Yeah. And just a reminder is that you don't have to try to put yourself back on the cross and pay for your sins again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Is that the natural tendency is that we realize, hey, we screw up, we blow it at times, and we want to rehash things. But know that God's God's perfect. He's already done the finished work. And we can just walk in that blessing. So yeah. let's, let's enjoy the benefits of the New Testament Christianity and the walk that we have and know that it's finished. God's done it. And then we get to be a blessing. So thanks for being a part of the show today. We're so glad that you joined us. We will talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.